Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hey everyone, it's Sanira here. I'm so excited because we have some major news to share. As of this month, CEO School is officially part of the HubSpot Podcasting Network. We're now part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Work at Life, hosted by Sanja Lucinia and Maddie Grant, where they explore the gray areas between work and life as they share data on relevant workplace engagement and culture topics. I loved listening in as Sanja and Maddie discuss new ideas on how to impact diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging today. Listen to Work at Life wherever you get your podcasts. Nothing bad happens when women make more money. Join myself and CEO School for our first annual conference, September 16th through the 18th, live in Orlando, Florida, where you'll learn everything they don't teach us, how to invest, save, spend, and make your money in your business while doing less. Calling all female entrepreneurs, visit nothingbadhappens.com and snag one of our 200 available seats today. They're gonna go fast, so sign up now at nothingbadhappens.com. I am so excited to welcome just one of the most incredible women in my life and somebody that I've learned over this last year so much from, Laura Phillips. Laura is a launch manager, but a launch guru. And she calls herself the launch wing woman. Uh, Laura has actually worked personally with me on all of the launches over the last year uh, at CO school. And we're going to be deep diving in not only about Laura's background and, you know, where she came from and all the things that made her a successful, um, you know, a multi seven figure entrepreneur, but how she's actually helping other women have seven figure plus launches, including CEO school. So we're actually going to be deep diving into all things, marketing, all things, launch, all things, uh, lead gen and funnels. And it's going to be so exciting to talk business numbers and strategy with the woman behind CEO schools, numbers, business and strategy, Laura Phillips, Laura, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm blushing a little bit. It's a beautiful introduction. So it's so good to be here, like out from behind the scenes from CEO school. <laughs> I know you look so lovely. And I, I love that you're, you're, you're blushing because I have just, uh, I'm so excited to actually bring you in here and have the women tactically learn 
from you because I have learned so much. I mean, I consider myself a pretty good marketer. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually, uh, in college, I, I was a finance and a marketing major. So, and that actually, when I tell people that they're like, ah, I get it. I do have two sides of my brain. Um, and that's, that's part of like my world. I have my finance world with stacks. I have my creative world, um, with CEO school, uh, and something that I, even over this last year, marketing and just brands and things are changing so quickly that we have to constantly be learning. So what I learned in university on digital marketing, um, in 2000, you know, seven, eight, nine is not relevant anymore. And so over this last year, just what we've put together as the strategy to grow this brand and how you've helped um, just industry leaders uh, scale their companies. I've been super impressed and I cannot wait to deep dive here. So floor is yours. Welcome, welcome. Tell us a little bit, get us started. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started um, and all of the juicy stuff. Well, we're here for lunch and launch and all the geeky chat, but like you with your fintech and marketing background, my background is like complete opposites. I am blending the art and science of launches and looking back, it makes total sense. I was always super, super creative. And I'm going to go back just a little bit because um, when I share something with you later on, you'll go, yeah, you're not old enough. Um, I was a teen mom. And so I know Sanira probably doesn't know this. I was 18 when I had my daughter, Megan, 19 when I had Casey. By 20, I was a single mom. And I had like this teenage mom shame. Everyone was looking down at me. People would say, oh, so what have the government given you? What kind of benefits are you on? And I was absolutely mortified that people just looked down on me because I was a young parent. And I vowed I was going to show my kids that you could be successful no matter where you're starting from. And let's be honest, it was like below zero. It wasn't zero, it was below it. And so I wanted to create a career that I loved. I was always creative. For some reason, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, but no, Laura's not supposed to be a lawyer. But I did want to do something fun and creative. So I took myself back into education, went to university, studied design, and I went from print design into web design and realized actually just it had this wonderful blend of being able to code and be geeky. I can code websites from scratch, but I could also do the design side. So what I found was going into the web world, I was um, a really sought after professional because I could do design and development. But then along came all this like marketing piece and I just became obsessed with digital marketing, selling from e-commerce, the power of websites. And this was at the stage where, you know, Facebook was really starting to take off. Social media was really ramping up. And all of a sudden people were thinking about mobile and video. And I was like, this is amazing. But the problem was when I launched my business, I was so burnt out. I was so tired. I basically swapped my 40 hour week creative director role, which I loved for an 80 hour week business prison. I'm sure many of you can resonate with that feeling like you swapped your freedom for something that wasn't what you thought it would be. And I was so frustrated, but I could see all these people around me having success with courses. And I thought, well, it can't be that hard. Launching can't be that difficult. And so I started to use the power of launches to sell things like Facebook ads training, landing pages, and all those kind of juicy things I'd learned along the way and using the power of launches to sell them. Problem was, launches weren't actually that easy. It was this really stressful, chaotic time in my life where I was trying to get better and trying to grow my launches and everyone around me made it look so easy, you know, all those launch gurus. And for me, it just wasn't happening. And the thing that I discovered was 
I was actually launching in a way that wasn't in alignment with who I was. So when I showed up unscripted, just myself, unpolished, I'm a Brit, so I swear, I tell terrible jokes, I'm really sarcastic. And what I found was when I was <laughs> just a Brit, that's, that's how we do. But I was scripting out those parts of me that actually made me who I was. And then wondering why I wasn't enjoying launches and wondering why I was bringing the wrong people into my world. And when I just started showing up as me, that's when people started to warm to me. I was bringing in like these perfect fit clients who it was just an absolute dream to work with. And I realized the way that you launch has so much power. And so I started to teach it. And so this was back in 2017. So Love to Launch has been around for five years. And we have a really exciting business. We look after everyone at all stages of the launch journey. So DIYers, people who are just starting out doing their first launch. We have a coaching program. We also have a mastermind. And then for people like Sunira, Sunira is what we would call a launch leader, someone who is absolutely top of their game. We have private consulting and a new part of the business, which Sunira won't know about, is called the Academy of Certified Launch Professionals. And this is training for pros in teams. So this idea actually came from um, a mutual friend of ours, Jasmine Starr brought me into her team to train her launch manager who had no experience. She went from hating launches to loving them. And I was like, there's something in this. And I just think over the past five years, I've like listened to those nudges, those things that are telling me you need to change direction. You need to move towards this, just trusting my intuition all the time. But for me, it's just about creating a world-class company and working with world-class people. And it's so, so joyful. And you can tell by my face, um, I just absolutely love what I do. So I'm really honored to be here today talking about launches. I and love your yes. passion. I love your passion. <laughs> and you said world-class. It is exactly... Um, who you are, what you stand for, and what you instill in your values as a company, not just because you're, you know, you're in London and I'm here and we're, we have a global connection now as well. But Laura, um, you know, hit, you hit on a few things, right? I mean, it's one thing that first, I, there's so much to unpack here. Like, I want to kind of go back and I don't want to brush over the fact that you had a lot of hardship as a teen mom. This is something that I cannot even imagine. I became a mom at 30, right? Like when my career was started, I had started building my business and I thought it was the hardest thing in the entire world. And why I actually showed up on Instagram, it was through my, my first handle, which was mom boss. Like that is what I would, how I would show up because I thought life was so difficult. And just hearing your story, um, man, like I had, to, I didn't have it. Like I didn't have it hard. Like you had it hard. And the challenges that you went through being a single mom of two under the age of 20 and trying to like, you're a child yourself trying to survive in this next world, raising two children. So I don't want to brush that over. How did you overcome such and I don't want to call it adversity because you obviously have the most amazing children and one of them actually works for you now. Uh, yes, and she she's does. on our launch team, which is so epic. But, you know, if I'd love to kind of just go back there and, you know, entrepreneurship is already so hard in and of itself. And there's so much adversity um, that we face as entrepreneurs and leaders. How did you overcome such adversity and say, I'm going to make it and I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm going to have this, like, was this always the plan? No, it was never the plan. And you know, there's a lot of grit to my story that I'm not going to share today, but a really difficult childhood. And so 18, all I wanted was to be a mum. When I then became a mum and realized that the person I was with was not going to enable me to be a mum and a career woman and do all the things I wanted to do, I decided I was going to go solo and do it all for myself. 
and realizing how much judgment there was, how much people looked down on me because I was a young mum and because I didn't have money. In fact, I had a stack of debt and people would look at me just like I was a scummy teenage parent who'd made some really bad life choices. Um, and I just felt like I wanted to prove the world wrong. There was definitely this feeling of watch me and always wanting to prove people wrong. And, and that will get you so far. And I say it got me to the point where I felt like I was successful but there is a difference between being successful on paper and really truly feeling fulfilled and mm -hmm. successful that's a whole different thing my problem was I had no one mentoring me throughout my 20s saying Laura you need to pursue your passion I was pursuing success and so by the age of 30 I was married I got a beautiful home the sports car I got everything I ever wanted the money six-figure business like all those things that you think if you tick off that you're going to be happy and you'll be fulfilled and yes, I was successful, but I wasn't happy. And so then I decided I was going to completely transform my whole business. And yeah, it sent me on this path of, of seeking fulfillment. And the, there was a moment back in 2017, actually, I was in Toronto at Mastermind with my friend and I wrote down this, what I wanted, and I wanted to become the world's number one in what I do. And this world-class mantra is something that we inject into the whole of our business. We're only interested in building a world-class company. I'm only interested in being world-class because actually, although the, the watch me proving the world wrong, creating success got me to that point, what then gets you to these much bigger heights is having that vision and that mission and that purpose. And that's the thing that gets me up every day. And it's not because I want to be the best. It's because I know that if I'm considered the world's number one in what I do, means the industry's changed means I've had an impact and there are so many bro dudes out there like the industry has to change and so that's what drives me but it's just knowing that it's okay for something to get you to a certain point but then knowing if something feels off you do need to course correct and that was a it was a massive life change for me I have goosebumps and I know a lot of the women here do just hearing you speak um, with so much passion with so much conviction and you talk about vision this is something that um, I think we forget sometimes as entrepreneurs, you know, yesterday on a podcast, I was actually talking to, uh, Ronnie Brown, uh, who's the founder of girl CEO. And by coincidence, actually her story is very similar to yours. She also became a teen mom. We went through that discussion yesterday and for her, she came out of like, of a really hard situation, uh, financially and with her family and just with, um, you know, coming out of the projects and what she's been able to build, um, it's just, it's, it's incredible. But for her, she's like, I've always had this vision. It was the same conversation that we're having today. And I find this thread in people that are successful are not thinking just in the now. And that is something that I think that we all as leaders, as entrepreneurs, the people that are actually successful have very strong convictions, visions around about where they want to be. It's not necessarily about like how they're going to get there or what's going to happen tomorrow, but taking the time to really understand your why, to know why, like, and your purpose has to be so much more greater than that six figure paycheck or the house or the whatever. Cause you're right. When you talked about success, like when, when you achieve that level of success and you're still not fulfilled, it's because your why wasn't aligned. And this is something that I feel, you know, very passionate about speaking to women about, uh, because sometimes I feel like people look at me and they're like, Oh, look at all of the things. And yet she's still going, or like, why do I need to work? It's not about the money in the bank account. It's not, it's not about the things it's not about, it's about impact. And for me, that's what I stand for. And that's, what's going to drive me hopefully until the day I'm 102 years old, 
um, because I want to, I want to change the world like you and you want to be the best in, or the world-class in what you do. And I think that, that it's a, it in of itself needs to, we need to pause and all reflect on what we want to be and not worry about all those things are important. I'm not saying that the money isn't important. Success isn't important or whatever that looks like to you, but that does not actually mean that you're going to be fulfilled. And I think that there's an opportunity today because if you look at entrepreneurship today and everyone coming in, we're at the highest level of new entrepreneurs coming into the world, the highest level that there has ever been. According to the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, I think it's 50, 50% more entrepreneurs applied for their LLCs or their business licenses than the year before. And the, it was 50% the year before increase in that. So we're doubling at that rate. But what I will tell you is that these businesses that are coming in are not built to last. They're not going to be world-class. Why? Because they lack that vision. They lack that passion. They're just looking at the current opportunity at hand to say, how can I make the next quick buck? That's not going to build a world-class company or a world-class vision that's going to last. And I want every single one of the women here as going from, it's not about going from solopreneur or entrepreneur to CEO is all about that vision. It's all about knowing what's ahead, not just focused on what's here today. I think there's also this sense of like when, People are doing one thing. You really have to put your blinkers on and ignore it. In my space particularly, it's very easy to get sucked into this idea. You constantly have to go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. And there's always people talking about these bigger, more amazing launches. And it's just, it's, it's madness to actually build a business that A, is in alignment with who you are and what you want. B, constantly pursuing something that you think you should have because other people in your industry are doing it. And so that mission piece, that vision for us building that world-class company, me becoming the world's number one in what I do, it just means I'm able to shut out the noise. It means for me, there's never this sense of, oh, I've got competition. In fact, my competition hire me because it's all about collaboration for me. And so you have to be so sure on what your mission is and it has to get you out of bed every single day because the truth is business doesn't actually get any easier i think i'm probably in the the toughest season of business that i've ever been in and it's okay and it is a season but i'm also growing growing through it um but the mission keeps you going and if you always just look towards that it allows you then to move through those challenges far easier and money will not be the thing. In fact, when you're in those really tough seasons, sometimes you'll find yourself saying, I'll give up all the money just for the ease again. And it's the same story I hear time and time again with people who scaled their businesses, scaled their launches too quick. They're like, I wish I could just go back when it all felt a bit more simple. And that's why I love what I do so much because it doesn't have to be complex. It can be easy and it can be fun. And uh, yeah, I just truly believe that you're supposed to build the business for you not what everyone else says that you should do. And I think that's the thing that's kept me sane. You know, I not only have two grown-up children, I have two stepchildren who are seven and nine. And so there is lots of complications in my life, but my mission is the thing that pushes me through those challenging times. And scenario, we've spoke about this over the past week that people don't see how hard it is being a CEO of your company. They don't see the, the hard times and the challenges. You just get so much better at dealing with it and you constantly build that muscle, don't you? You do. And it is, it's the toughest job and it's the most, it's, it's very fulfilling and very rewarding. Um, but the more you grow, I mean, there's so much stress and you take it, you take it on. I mean, you and I were talking about the fact that, you know, we all, we all crave going back to the simpler, right? I left my nine to five to be like, I'm going to have freedom of time. I'm going to have freedom of dollar. And now I work 24 seven, like where did that happen? Right? <laughs> like, And you crave that simplicity, but I think it's good reminders. And I think when you talked about season, that's what I'm a huge believer of. And that's the reason why 
Um, for me, my season changes every single quarter in this planner because that's why it's designed. 90 days is your season and it's okay to be somebody completely new. I just got a brand new haircut for a reason because I'm in my new season. And the season that I want to enter is a season going back to of, of ease again um, and just being really intentional. And the word that you use was letting your business, not letting your business run you, but you designing the business that you want to, to have. And I really applaud you for that um, because I wish somebody gave me that advice when I first started. I didn't know that I was going to go build a billion dollar company. And now I'm on track to go build this, this massive thing, which is incredible. Uh, but that wasn't my initial vision, right? And now I'm here and I'm really excited. And I feel like I do it for other reasons so that I can show women everywhere what's possible. Um, but there is a point that over this last, you know, 24 months, I would say that I've had, a, I've ha I really have had to dig deep to question my why and to say, you know, how much do I actually want to grow? Am I doing this because of this is what my board wants, or this is what the opportunity is, or this is what the, or is this something that I really want to do? And, and it's okay to, you know, at one point, if I feel like I want stacks to live on, to be like the most beautiful, greatest thing, but I know, you know, it, I may not be the one to continue to lead it at some point. And I'm okay with that and being okay with that. And that's not where I'm at today. I actually just came back from my board meeting uh, uh, here in the office. Um, but just having those conversations with yourself to say that you built something and you're okay with being like, you know what, there's going to be a point that I'm not going to be the one to lead your baby anymore. Um, I think all entrepreneurs, um, you know, have to be thinking about that future and, um, it's, it's coming back to me in terms of like, what is it that you really want? So I wish somebody had given me that advice earlier. So I appreciate you reminding us all to check in with what we actually want and not letting, I would say like, don't let the internet fool you. I fucking hate Instagram for that reason. It is everyone's fucking highlight reel, including mine, right? We do our best to show the messy, the what's, what it actually takes, but we can't actually capture it all. You're not going to actually see all of the things and all of the stress at all times. And so don't let the internet fool you. Um, and the grass is always going to be greener on the other side, but we forget to water our own grass as we're looking at someone else's. So let's not, let's not do that. Now, Laura, I love this. I love how motivating this is. And I feel like we can all take away and uh, take some action here to check in here. Uh, but today is all about launching and marketing and what makes for a successful launch. And for those that, you know, can you just even talk about what is a launch? Cause a lot of industries don't have launches. Like for stacks, we don't launch, we just market and we have customers come in through our, our marketing funnel. So if you can kind of take us back one-on-one a little bit, and then we'll deep dive into your tactics and what specifically we're doing here um, at CEO school that everyone can learn from. Yeah. So launch for me is an event. And I think so many people get caught up on this word because it brings up feelings of stress and pressure. And what if it doesn't work? And those feelings of I'm not enough. And so there's a lot of emotion attached to the word launch. So I prefer to use the word launch experience, a launch event, just because that's what it is. It's essentially a timed marketing campaign that you run periodically throughout the year. You close the campaign and it's so you can sell a large number of products at the same time. Now, we typically work with course creators. Uh, we work with membership site owners. We worked with an app recently, which is super fun. And we work with people who've got masterminds. So the whole purpose of what we do is so you can bring in a large number of customers at the same time and serve them. And the reason I love this model is because it allows you to focus on your zone of genius and your zone of joy, which is what you do. That's why you do what you do. So as a coach, 
you can serve that group of people at the same time and create a really amazing experience for them with the paid products and you're not always selling throughout the year now many benefits of that it's for me it's as a solopreneur especially if you're starting out you have your your marketing hat on you have your launch hat and then you put your coaching hat back on so for me launches enable you to move through those seasons far easier instead of trying to win a client here win a client there serve that client do your marketing do your sales it's absolutely exhausting whereas if you could bring all the clients that you needed for the year with one event which is the aim actually is that you only have to launch once a year that brings so much joy and ease now i'm not the kind of marketer who's going to say there is any one launch style that is better than any other i just don't believe that there are lots of different launch styles out there everyone's launch style is their own launch style and i think that's the most important thing is you find the thing that works for you but there are things that are working really well right now. So what I truly believe is that launches work as a system in your business. So what you may have, especially if you're a coach or a course creator or a service provider, you may have a bigger launch event that you do maybe once or twice a year to sell your premium offer. It's your signature thing. And then you can have things like evergreen funnels running in the background to sell maybe your lower ticket. You're just acquiring customers regularly through those kind of funnels. And so what I love the most is creating really powerful transformational free experiences that turn strangers into super fans in a matter of days. And they are so, so fun. This is my zone of genius. It's my zone of joy. It's what I love to do. And the whole point of this is that you create an experience that just enables someone to take a step closer to you. And the problem that we've had with marketing over the past 10 years is there's been a lot of FOMO. There's a lot of fake scarcity and urgency and sorry, dudes, but a lot of bro dudes with their aggressive sales tactics. And that's not how we should be doing business, especially as women. We want to do things in a different way. But I also have felt over the past few years, a massive shift. And the shift for me is like we're moving away from people just being metrics and numbers in funnels to being people. So for me, it's all about the customer journey. It's all about how you make someone feel during a launch, not about creating that FOMO, but it's just making it really easy for someone to take a step closer to you. And I just love that. I love that launches don't have to be any one thing. A launch can be absolutely anything you want it to be. We have clients who do boot camps, festivals, parties, soirees. Like we have a client who does painting parties. Like she has so much fun because that's what her brand is all about. And so your launch can be anything. And whether you do your launch on Instagram stories or you do it on an automated evergreen webinar or you do it in a Facebook group or on a Zoom call, it really doesn't matter because all you're doing is bringing together your perfect people, you're teaching what you love, creating an amazing experience, and then very simply showing them what the next step is. And I think that's, for me, what launches should be about. And I'm really glad we're moving away from this like spammy, salesy, aggressive sales tactic age and back to how it should be. It's all about the relationship. Starting from scratch, taking an idea and turning it into a fabulous business overnight. That's what most people think the reality of an entrepreneur is. But really, being an entrepreneur is hard work, late nights, and the ability to keep going when you feel like giving up. Entrepreneurship is rewarding when done right. And the most rewarding part is seeing the growth of that idea, that business, and turning it into a scalable business with impact. You know, I always say there is no such thing as a million dollar idea, only a million dollar execution. HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better and help you execute that vision seamlessly with the secure CRM system. A CRM is a customer relationship management system and a technology for managing all your company's relationships and interactions 
with customers and potential customers. With all the tools and integrations you need for marketing, sales, content management, and customer service, HubSpot is ready to grow with you from founder to CEO and everything in between. Plus, with seamless plugins that you can track customer activity, you will know what's clicking and who's not, all from your HubSpot dashboard. Level up and start scaling for good with HubSpot. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. Running a business is hard. Managing employees is hard. Getting customers in through the door is even harder. But getting paid shouldn't have to be. Stacks Payments is here to help. Our intuitive platform simplifies invoicing, recurring billing, and enables you to take payments in person, online, and even through text messages. Stacks is the one-stop hub to get you paid. What's even better? Stacks has one flat fee subscription for unlimited credit card processing, so you can save money and put more into your pocket. Subscribers to this podcast can save even more by mentioning code CEO20 when they sign up and save an additional 20% on your subscription for the lifetime of your account. Yes, we love supporting women in business. CEO20, stop spending time tracking down customers and getting frustrated with payment tools that will fail you. Automate your business with Stacks Payments today and get your complete payment toolkit and support another fellow woman-owned business. Learn more at stackspayments.com slash CEO school. Again, that's stackspayments.com slash CEO school and code CEO20 to save another 20%. That is, it's... I want to be part of that, right? Like that is the brands that we want to work with and love. That's how we want as consumers, we want to even buy. We don't want to be sold to. We want to buy products and services from people that we love and care like and admire and want to be part of a community or a brand that has a mission, not just like here, buy this, here, buy that. And I love that you're talking about the bro dude sales culture. It yeah. is aggressive. That's not how I want to purchase any sort of product. I want to build that relationship. I want to have fun. I want a brand that is authentic, that something, it stands for something beyond just buy this, buy this product. I'm the best. And like, I have X amount of money in my bank. And so should you like, that's the bro culture on, on all of the service-based stuff I see. I love that you're disrupting that. Um, and you talked about experience. I never thought about actually having, uh, like events-based launches. That sounds really fun. It is fun and that's how it should be. And the reason they work is because people are far more likely to show up for an event than showing up for a webinar. And the problem we have, and this has certainly been accelerated throughout the pandemic, and yes, it's caused its own problems. <laughs> We've now in this age where everyone had to move their offline businesses online, even traditional markets have had to embrace technology and move things online. And all of a sudden that has meant more competition, which has actually made things a bit more challenging because we've got Zoom fatigue, which is a real thing. And yeah. we've also got more competition. So we have to be more creative. And so if you start off your launch planning process, coming up with a really fun event that you're excited about, your energy is going to be through the roof. You are going to be screaming about how amazing your, your event's going to be from the rooftops because you're excited. And when people see your energy and how excited you are about your event, it doesn't matter how much ad costs have gone up right now because they have creeped up. It doesn't matter that 
um, miss competitor down the road is doing the same thing it doesn't matter that you're new because people are going to feed off your energy it's absolutely everything during a launch so you've got to create something you're proud of if you're not excited about the event that you've put together go and start again and so i really encourage you to like if you're planning a launch dream up something that you're so excited about what you may need to do is strip out some of the crazy stuff but start with that never write off any ideas in the creative process and it takes me back to a launch that i did that i didn't realize at the time was actually the start of love to launch and i wanted to do a launch planning party we had balloons we had cake i had loads of ideas for things i wanted to do but couldn't we just had these memes and gifs and we just had so much fun creating a party experience we gave away prizes we had games we had cocktails yes i sat there on my launch event with a cocktail just having some fun with the people who showed up and because of that it was amazing and easy my energy was just like through the roof it felt aligned and i brought in the most perfect people and that's how a launch should be so Tip number one, start off with something fun that you're so excited about, that it gives you that confidence to go out there and say, hey, I've got this event coming up. You're going to love it. It's our biggest event of the year. I'm so excited. And you watch people queue up for that. And it doesn't matter about ad cost because that's the number one thing that's going to pull people in because it's creative and exciting and it's different. The key thing, it has to be live now. Live is the single most important change that we've seen over the past few years. It used to be you could use a four-part video series, but they don't perform as well anymore because people see it all the time. People want to engage in live content. In fact, the stats are insane. People are three times more likely to engage in live content. They're four times more likely to actually even show up to something if it's live. And so if we can weave in this amazing experience, something that's creative and that element of live, you've got these components that just make your launches work. And as I said earlier, the next step is so simple. All you're going to say at the pitch, so and this simple. is like my so favorite. simple, just do all the things. <laughs> but instead of thinking like, I've got to have all these automations in place, it, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is the experience that you create for people and how you make them feel. Because at the end of it, all you're going to need to say is, if you love this, you're going to love the next step. Let me tell you about my offer. And that segue from the free experience to the paid makes it so easy for you to sell because they have had an amazing experience with you. So if you hate selling, if you focus more of your time and effort onto the experience and just making people feel like they belong, you'll turn them into super fans in such a short space of time. And you don't get that moment where I need to switch to the pitch now. This feels weird. And your voice changes and your energy isn't in the same place. Like pitching is hard. But if you're just presenting the next step, it's so much easier to do. So focus on the experience. I love that, that you made it sound so simple, but it makes so much sense in what you're saying. And it is, there's so much pressure, right? When it comes to, and naturally we're just not, when we're having to think about the sale element or having to think about the pitch or the offer portion of whatever we're, we're trying to do, we're so hesitant. Every woman, I kid you not, want that it's our pricing, our, our pricing is always off. We're, we're, we're like always discounting things. We're so nervous about no one's going to show up. No one's going to buy. Like there's so much imposter syndrome, so much fear on top of everything we have to do. I love that you talked about, don't worry about that. Just focus on the experience, have a really good fucking time. And if everyone has a good time, you're not going to feel like it is a launch. This is, this is amazing. And that's how I, I, I feel like one of the reasons what makes 
everything, what we've worked on so successful. I mean, I think you sent me to the four seasons one launch. You were like, you're going to have just, just, you're like sent wine up to there. You're like, you're not doing this. Like you're not showing up without like having a glass of champagne first. Like, and like, and that was it. Like we're having a party. Like we were literally, even, even though it was virtual and even though it was uh, during pandemic, I love that you want to create an experience. And so let's kind of talk about how do you bridge that experience if you cannot have a live component or get together in person? So if you are a service-based business or if you're a product-based business, what are the things that you're seeing? Um, video part series you said are out. So I love that tactical advice. I don't watch, like people do not watch stuff anymore. Like that is a huge struggle. Even I'm seeing the shift in uh, CEO school, right? Like our live stuff performs. So, and that's why I encourage everybody to, to come live because you say you're going to get to it and you never get to it. And life is just too busy and it doesn't become a priority. So I love that you said live is in and uh, the video content of just like here, watch the series is out. But if you can't get together in person, how do you do that? So what are, what, what advice do you have for those entrepreneurs? So my biggest advice right now with launches is to focus on bringing the perfect people in. And so one really easy way to actually filter out the people who are not right for you and focus on the right ones is to do a paid launch. And the reason I love this is because instead of you thinking you what? have to go out there, a what? paid what launch. What did you say? A paid launch. A paid launch. People have to come to pay for to watch you launch? Yes. <laughs> or you can do a hybrid. So I'm going to talk about I that love as well. It. Tell us, tell us. <laughs> so paid launches is where you'll charge a very small fee for someone to attend your juicy, juicy workshop. The reason I love this is because you're just simply getting someone to hand over their credit card for the first time and say, yes, I'm interested in this. And instead of you spending hours and hours and hours creating all this free content, worrying that you're giving away too much, you create something that's tangible, you deliver so much more. And because for less people, you spend more time nurturing those relationships. So if you're a service provider and you've got some like high ticket offers that you want to sell, my number one recommendation to you is stop trying to get 10,000 people into your launch, focus on bringing in a hundred paid people and just love them, create the most amazing experience for them, spend time with them. So two really simple things that you can do in addition to maybe your workshops that you'll do during the launch, do some hot seats, bring some of your people on and actually talk to them overcome some of their challenges live on a call. The reason why this is amazing for converting people during a launch is because you're actually demolishing their objections to them working with you by answering that small thing they need help with. And so in a launch, I would much rather that you put all your time into serving this smaller group of people, giving them an amazing experience, getting them onto a hot seat than anything else. In fact, we did a seven figure launch um, back in January and number one strategy that we used to convert people from cold to buyers was getting them on a hot seat call. And the, the, the launch leader who I was working with on this particular launch, she sat on this call for two and a half hours. She did 60 hot seats. And most of those people then went on to bought. So rather than you having, sorry, went on to buy. So rather than you spending all the time with the people who are just kind of half interested, you're putting more time into those who pay for it. So there's no reason why you can't do free and then allow people to upgrade and buy more time with you during your launch event. It covers your ad spend. It filters out those people who are not really interested, but it gives you this list of people who are really warm. They're ready for this event. And we call this a hybrid launch. They're the ones who are far more likely to buy. And I'd rather you spent your time on those people than, than all the, the they're not necessarily freebie hunters, but people who actually just aren't the right fit for you. And it's funny, just the handing over of the credit card for the first time, acquiring that customer for what might be 27, 37, $47, it's just an amazing way to actually double your conversions during a launch. So that is working brilliantly. 
And I'd rather you focus on that than trying to grow your audience and go for a 2% conversion when you can go for 10. Oh my God. I'm literally like mic drop right now. That was the best piece of advice ever. Uh, literally the best piece of it. I, I love that. We're talking about quality, right? And it's also about knowing your ideal customer. That was one of the first workshops we did right away um, in the club, uh, you know, is you have to know who your ideal customer is. Stop worrying about everyone else. That's not her, right? Like niche down, get in her head, like get into your customer's actual journey. And if you know your ideal customer and who you're attracting, you don't need the, pl- the, the plankton, I call it. So when you're going fishing, <laughs> Right. And like, I think about marketing in that lens. So you're going fishing and you're throwing your net and like you can, if you're going to go fish or you're going to go do whatever, you're going to catch one fish, but sometimes you have, you're, you're like in a marketing funnel, you need to fish wider and you're throwing a net. But when you throw out a net, you're going to catch plankton. You're going to catch other people. You're not going to be able to be super precise. And so you will catch plankton, but if you're just super focused on, if you know your marlin fishing, or if you know your, 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 I, I don't know, I'm not a fisherman, but whatever the fish there, you're, you're specific on who you're trying to catch. Um, you have so much more success on focusing on that quality when you know your ideal customer. I love that you talked about doing that paid launch. I've actually never done one. So we've not done that oh, uh, we together. Will. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm positive. I feel, I feel your excitement here on that. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. How do you think about kind of uh, conversions? Can you talk about some of the, like some of your best, so you've worked on some of the biggest industry, like, like the, you've just worked on some massive seven plus figure launches. Can you tell us some like, you, you so take us back to like one of yours. You don't have to give us the names if you don't want to, but what were some of the biggest like lessons, like successes? Let's talk about some failures. Can we talk about like a fucking failed one? <laughs> yeah, I can talk about one of my failed ones. Um, and the reason I'm sharing this story is because this relates really to, to starting out. And it actually set me on the path of creating Love to Launch. Um, I decided I was going to create a product for a different market. Someone had said, Laura, my audience need your course on creating digital products. This was back in 2016. I was like, great. What audience have you got? She said, I've got 20,000 people. Like they really need this thing. And I was like, I was doing the maths in my head. Like if this is like a 3% conversion, this is like an 80K launch. And it was just like these, these pound signs, these dollar signs going ching, 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 ching. And I just saw the money. And so I decided I was going to create like this course. And I've got about, about a thousand people signed up for this webinar. And to my absolute horror, I switched on my webcam and I went on live on the webinar and about 50 people showed up. And I was like, where is everybody? And no one showed up. And I got to the end of my presentation and then moved into the pitch and I shared this offer and no one bought. Absolute crickets, not just crickets on the webinar, crickets for days and days afterwards. And I was mortified because I've been Mrs. Braggy Pants all over social saying, oh, I've got a thousand people signed up for my launch and then no one bought. And the reason that people didn't buy is because I wasn't really passionate about serving this market. And I think that's Sean. Truly, I was chasing the money instead of chasing my vision and purpose. And I didn't understand that market enough to know that the the cake baking hobby market, I wanted to turn their skills into digital products. I put the webinar on a Thursday night. In the summer, they're all wedding cake makers. What are they doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday? They're making cakes. They are not looking for help growing their business or pivoting 
in a busy wedding season. And so it was a massive lesson for me. You have to put the right offer in front of the right people. You can't just chase the money. There has to be the mission and purpose, but also know your people. I did not know those people, but I- Because I, they I weren't your people. They weren't your people. They weren't. They nope. weren't your people. Community and your community is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think in this space, especially, we're seeing it's great to collaborate and to do and to do all those things. But I love that lesson. They weren't your people. Yeah. And it, it changed everything for me. I sulked for a few days, took myself off to a coffee shop and decided I was going to create a free challenge just to help people. That free challenge is the one where I showed up unscripted, unpolished, raw, just being myself, just trying to help. And that's where Love to Launch was born. It was the most fun and joyful launch I ever had. So from that fail to that win, it was incredible. And that set me on that path to where I am now. So it was amazing and it was a really powerful lesson. Um, And so what works, we've done some massive launches. I think we actually hold one of the records for the most people in a launch. We did 150,000 people in a celebrity launch last summer. It was huge so stressful zoom crashed it completely died so i won't be using zoom again for thirty thousand people that's for sure but we have done some some massive launches but what i want to say is don't worry about the volume focus on people coming into the launch and so what's working really well for us especially at scale is this collaboration between the sales team and the launch team so giving them really highly qualified leads for them to talk to and so what we love to do is we love to pre-qualify people during the launch and so this is more of an advanced strategy and i'm sharing this because if you can really start to understand that when it comes to your dream person and taking them from a no to a yes there's probably a few things that they will be doing the same. They'll probably be opening particular emails. They'll probably be joining webinars. They'll probably be clicking on sales pages. And loads of the CRM systems we have now will actually enable you to track those. And so we call this lead scoring. And so the more of those boxes that someone ticks off, the more likely they are to buy. And so what we do in launches now is we send personalized emails. Often we'll do private outreach as well to these people who we know have been opening all the emails, attending all the things, they've attended an information call, they've been on social, they've been in your group, the higher the score, we need to reach out to those people. And so rather than us going for like this volume, we're handpicking the people we want to talk to and inviting them to sales calls. It is a strategy that is crushing it right now. Um, I can't believe I just shared that, but I'm sharing it because you need to understand marketing has changed and you cannot go for volume anymore. And you have to really be careful with the people that you're you're talking one-on-one to and making sure they're the right people. So lead scoring, personalized outreach, you actually sitting there and writing an email saying to them, hey, I see you loved our content. Would you like to hop on a call and talk about the program? It works and it converts like crazy. So that personal outreach during a launch is our number one conversion strategy right now. I love it. That sounds amazing. Also sounds exhausting, but you can't do it without data. Right. So you can't be outreaching to everyone. I think something that I've learned so much from you that I think the reason why we work really well is I'm very data driven and you are very data driven and you're like, every single thing needs to be tracked. I love it. Thank you so much for that. I have one final question and a myth buster. I want to bust because (laughs) I think that there is a huge misconception on ads and that successful launches require this massive ad budget. You and I both know we barely spend any money on ads for our launches. 
and we have incredible outcomes. Can you talk about ads and how people should be thinking about them? I actually, I, I, we love ads in, in, in different ways, but it's not all about the ads. So I'd love to hear your final thoughts on that. And then we'll open it up to the audience for a really awesome Q&A. Yeah. So ads definitely are more expensive than they used to be because they work. And so there's a lot of chatter in the online space, particularly about Facebook ads, because it's still the easiest platform to use. You get the best results from it. So lots of people have seen their price go up dramatically over the past year. Now, the reason for that is because of the pandemic, all the brands pulled back their ad budget in 2019 to 2020. When they all started putting their ad budget back in last year, what we've seen is actually prices went down and then they've gone up. So people are looking at 2021 to 2022 or 2020 to 2022 and they're freaking out. But actually, if we look at pre-pandemic to now, they've actually not gone up that much. And so if you're seeing your ad costs going up, the number one thing you have to focus on is creative. And so a strategy, I'm sure Sunira won't mind me sharing this, is take your best performing organic content. Sunira is a pro at Reels on Instagram. We use that for our advertising. In fact, for CEO school, you probably joined CEO school because you saw one of her Reels as a sponsored ad. Our costs were next to nothing. In fact, Sunira, I wish we'd put more money into ads because it absolutely crushed it. And we saw a huge return. But the reason why, you know, particularly for Sunira's launch, that we saw such a massive return is because it was the right content. It was content that worked with her organic audience. And Sunira is incredible at warming her people up. And the content was just the right content, right time. And yeah, it worked really well. So take what works organically, turn that into your, your ad content. And it's not that expensive to do truly, especially if you're using your top performers. So that's my little tip on ads. You don't have to spend huge amounts and start with what you're willing to, to invest and then just scale it each time you go into a launch. We don't spend much. I've had some launches where we've, we've had huge amounts of budget um, but it's just not needed. And the scenario will attest to this. We really didn't spend much and we got a massive return, particularly on the last launch. So it's super exciting. It is. And one of the reasons why um, I didn't want to start off that way is I love having baseline benchmarks. So I'm all about understanding what works organically. So if you're a first time, like if you're launching first time, or if you're launching through a new process, launch it. And then, so you can understand, I don't like comparing my metrics. Like I don't like comparing, I don't want to know anyone else's metrics. I want to compare myself to my own metrics. And so the first time I'm ever going to launch a campaign, even at stacks, we, it's, we, I call this it's AB testing, right? Like this is what we do in tech here. I'm applying the same principles here. Of I want to make sure I have baseline metrics to say, okay, if I do organic stuff without the ads, wh what do my conversions add in? And then we add in a little bit. And then the next time you can continue to add so that there's not too many variables for you to measure. So you can get amazing, which we, you know, I love KPIs, which are just key performance indicators. I have the right performance indicators going into the next launch to say, Hey, I think I can actually scale this, uh, because we know what our conversion is when we get people live, or we know what our conversion is when they're, when they watch all the way through, um, to, a, a, a you know, it, or they stay all the way through at a live event or they saw a reel and then just, so it's just having those baseline metrics are super important, but I love demystifying the fact that you do not need to have a massive ads budget. Ads definitely help, but doing it in the right way. I hate the spray and pray. I'm not about spraying and praying I'm about being hyper-focused, measuring that result, giving it time to measure so that you can actually add it to your repertoire of how you're reaching your audience. As I'm doing a rapid fire with our guests. So I didn't prepare you for a reason. I want to do a fun rapid fire. It'll take a minute. 
Um, and just want to hear, just get to know you a little bit better. So, um, Laura, are you ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. Okay. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Iced or, or hot? Hot. Uh, favorite pizza topping? Oh, Hawaiian. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm getting all the, all these first actually. Um, do you journal or meditate? Uh, journal. Journal. I'm a journal girl too. Um, morning routine. Do you have one? Um, yes, right now, coffee in bed with my partner doing Wordle. <laughs> oh my God. Faisal's really into that too. Um, high tech or low tech? Uh, high tech. Me too. Work hard or play hard? Play hard. I love that. Red or white wine? Uh, white. Amazing. Uh, do you have a favorite book or author or a podcast that you love? Um, I'm going to say your podcast because, you know, ops. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my favorite book Somebody else, a favorite book, something, something that you're reading. <laughs> favorite book at the moment, Atomic Habits by James yes. Clear. Love it. So, so good. Particularly stacking of habits so they stick. I'm terrible at some parts of my life. So I'm learning to stack habits. Yeah. I love it. I love Atomic Habits. Do you have like a, like a, a female inspiration in history or somebody that's like been a huge role model for you as you're disrupting, you know, the dude space? <sighs> Yes, actually. Someone who actually sent me on my journey into the online space was Sophia Amoruso. Her book was the first book I read during my garden leave, leaving my creative director role. And I vowed that I was just going to be bold and brave. And I often get this time hop every single year of um, a, a glass of fizz, a candle and that book. And it just reminds me of that moment of just how special it is to be on this journey. So yeah, she's amazing. Amazing. That was actually the first business book I read as well. And she's incredible. Yes. Um, and last question is, do you have a word of the year or an affirmation that you're, that you're using right now? So I used to do a word of the year, but now I kind of find I go through these seasons. Uh, so it's two joy and ease. And actually it's the same words of last year. So I just want more of that. So can we do it with less? So that's my goal. I love that. Running a business is hard. Managing employees is hard. Getting customers in through the door is even harder. But getting paid shouldn't have to be. Stacks Payments is here to help. Our intuitive platform simplifies invoicing, recurring billing, and enables you to take payments in person, online, and even through text messages. Stacks is the one-stop hub to get you paid. What's even better? Stacks has one flat fee subscription for unlimited credit card processing, so you can save money and put more into your pocket. Subscribers to this podcast can save even more by mentioning code CEO20 when they sign up and save an additional 20% on your subscription for the lifetime of your account. Yes, we love supporting women in business. CEO20. Stop spending time tracking down customers and getting frustrated with payment tools that will fail you. Automate your business with Stacks Payments today and get your complete payment toolkit and support another fellow woman-owned business. Learn more at stackspayments.com slash CEO school. Again, that's stackspayments.com slash CEO school and code CEO20 to save another 20%. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. 
We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.